Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon from Lead Pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. Well, it's good to see you. It's good to be back. Uh, we had a, a wonderful vacation. Um, some of you are saying, you were gone? Well, that's always a good thing when... Nothing, nothing fell apart or anything like that, and I'm always grateful for that and uh, know that we have the uh, most competent, capable uh, leadership team and uh, very grateful for Pastor Dave stepping in, opening God's word to, uh, to our family last week and uh, just so grateful for so many uh, here. Um, and, and thank you for the time away. It was a time of refreshing. Uh, we just kind of vegged out on the beach. That's what we did. Um, Kathy and I, but we're just grateful that, um, that you love us enough to give us some time away to do that, to, to just veg out. I uh, want to kind of crank some things up just to remind you of some things that are coming up. Uh, one of those is this afternoon at 545, we have our quarterly church family meeting, and it's a place where we gather, our ministry leaders share what's going on in their areas of ministry, and, uh, and we take some time and we pray about those activities of God, those God movements, God moments kinds of things. Uh, this week, or this, this quarter, uh, we'll have a report from our elders as well. Um, of some things that we've been exploring, some things that God has laid on our heart, uh, some of it related to our financial circumstances that we find ourselves in. And one of the questions that we have been asking as an elder team is, uh, uh, has to do with the land that God gave us so many years ago that we have no plans to use. And so we're having some discussions, and we want to do some exploration and share a little bit about that uh, this afternoon at 545. So I encourage you to be here uh, for that time as we just uh, pray together about what the Lord would have us do uh, in the days about, uh, ahead about that. Uh, also, uh, we've got coming up on Sunday, November 7th. If it's not on your church calendar, please put it on it. We will not be here that Sunday. Okay, so if you show up here, you, you may be surprised Um, We won't be here. We're going to be uh, at our annual praise and play at the park. Uh, We're going to be over uh, worshiping out of doors at Wanamaker County Park. Uh, Add to your prayer list, sunny day, November 7th. Okay, we want a beautiful sunny day. We're asking the Lord for that. Uh, But we'll gather out in the park for our praise and play in the park. And uh, we'll be sending out some more specific instructions about what that looks like this year. It's going to be modified from our years past slightly. Uh, But we are getting to do it this year after having had to counsel it last year. Um, We're grateful for the opportunity to to participate uh, in that way. Now, today we are stepping out of our study of the book of Nehemiah. Uh, we're doing something just a little bit different today. What, what I'm thinking of it as, again, we're getting to celebrate the goodness of God that he continually pours out on us as his people here uh, as, as the River Bluff family. He just gives us invitations to join him uh, in what he's doing all around the world and then right here in our own backyard, uh, here in the city that, that we love. And we've been you know, we've been privileged to see God at work in us and among us over the past several weeks, uh, getting to share in baptisms, uh, watching folks state publicly their, their devotion to Jesus now, their, their intent to follow him. He got so gracious to, to us. Now, this morning, what I want to do is I want to take a moment and look at Matthew chapter 16. So if you've got your Bibles, you may want to turn there. If you don't, if you didn't bring one, you may want to look for one in a seat in front of you underneath the seat because they're not gonna, it's not going to 
going to come up on the screen today, okay? Uh, but you can maybe look under the seat, open your phone up, whatever. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter, chapter 16. And while you're turning there, I want to share a video with you, a very short video uh, with you uh, that... Uh, will kind of, I think, stimulate some of the ideas that I want us to share in today. So, folks, if y'all would run that video, I'd appreciate that. Everyone in Comerio, Puerto Rico, knows Jorge Santiago. He's the prodigal son who left home as Jorge the troublemaker, and then, 10 years later, came back as Jorge the church planter. God started working in my life. He said, now go and preach from the place that I took y'all from. Jorge came to Comerio in July 2017. Hurricane Maria came six weeks later. The hurricane was like this big, and Puerto Rico was this big. And I was so heartbroken, because I knew my people need help. For Jorge, help looked like this, an impossible to find generator and a whole caseload of supplies, courtesy of Send Relief. The compassion ministry that we as churches do together, all of it falls under the umbrella of Send Relief. When we feed homeless families in New York City, that's Send Relief. People sometimes need to see the gospel before they can hear it. When we welcome refugee families in Atlanta, that's Send Relief. Incoming refugees, you know, more than anything, they need a friend. And we want to be that friend that can also point them to Christ. And when we help a church planter in Puerto Rico rebuild his community after a disaster, that is also send relief. In Comerio, electricity was out for months, and Jorge used the generator to start a free community laundromat. We shared the gospel and, and with so many people, and God spoke to me through his word, saying that you need to start preaching. Jorge started One Church Comerio a year earlier than he'd originally planned. And he'll tell you it wasn't the generator that did it. It was churches like yours that invested in the cooperative program. Your gifts through CP fuel the ministry of Send Relief. So when we work together, when we give through the cooperative program, this is what happens. When they give, they are not just giving money. They are, they are putting money in, in someone else's life, in someone else's eternal life. And that means a lot. One of the, uh, I, I think, incredible opportunities that God gives us uh, here at home in our state uh, and then really nationally and globally is we get to partner in those kinds of ministry opportunities all the time through our giving. When you give to uh, the work of God through River Bluff Church, part of that money goes to support those kinds of efforts all around the world. Now, we partner with thousands of other Southern Baptist churches, but we get to part, be a part of kingdom work that sometimes we don't get to see, uh, but God is blessing. God is at work. And it's, it's a delight to me to get to think about being partners and participants in, in that global community of, of what Jesus is doing all, all around the world. And I want us to take just a moment this morning and think about what Jesus said he was going to do all around the world. And it's a, a familiar passage, I think, to many of us in Matthew chapter 16. So if you've got your Bibles open, I want to start reading in verse 13, and we're going to make our way through verse 21 this morning. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. 
uh, verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, just pause there for just a quick second. Caesarea Philippi was uh, part of, uh, I'm just going to call it a Greek development, if you would, in Jesus' day at this time. Decades before, this has been a place of worship to the pagan god Baal. Uh, some of us that have the privilege of, of going to this particular place on the planet and see where this Baal worship took place. This was the environment where Jesus took his disciples away, and they were kind of having a, a, a little retreat, if you would. Jesus took them to this particular location, and while he was there, he asked his disciples a question uh, in verse 13. Jesus asked this question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they began answering him. They said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he said to them, being Jesus, but who do you say that I am? Friends, that's an important question. It's an important question that all of us need to ask and answer. It's a question that every human that has ever lived will answer one day. Who is Jesus? Now, you're privileged to get to ask and answer it today uh, as, as we have life right now to, to say, who, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Who is he in your life? Because that is the most important question that you will ever ask and answer. Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the Lord of all? Or is he something else? Is he just somebody that you think of that was, you know, he's a great man or something like that? Because the outcome of your eternity is predicated on the way you answer that question. Who is Jesus to you? And what are you going to do about your life when you answer that question? What are you going to do about it today? Here's what Jesus encourages us to think about because he's at work doing something. Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, uh, some people would think, oh my goodness, finally somebody said it. This wasn't the first time this declaration, this confession had been made. The disciples had made this confession before, usually in a moment of fear. Uh, there was a time when uh, they were on a stormy sea and they thought they were about to die. And uh, Jesus calmed the sea. And they worshiped him as the son of God. They, they made that declaration. Nathaniel had made the declaration earlier in Jesus' ministry. And so this wasn't the first time, but it was unique. And I want us to see why it was so unique. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This was a different kind of confession that Jesus was the son of the living God. This was a, a, a confession that was now being made, not because of fear of, you know, being in the presence of somebody that could calm a sea, but an awareness of who Jesus really was, that he was the Christ. He was the promised one of God. He was God in the flesh. Then look at what Jesus says to them. He says, um, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock. Now, some people think that that verse means that it was, you know, Jesus was going to build his church on, on Peter. And really what it was, it was the rock of this confession. 
of who Jesus really is. He says, I tell you, Peter, and on this rock of that confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell, some translations say Hades, shall not prevail against it. Jesus says, notice whose church he's building. Did he say he was going to build us a church? Did he say, yeah, I'm going to build y'all a church? No. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. It's, it's his church. It's not our church. It's never our church. It's, it's his church. It's not our church when we talk about river blood. It's Jesus' church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and it's going to be a prevailing church. It's going to be the kind of church that death itself will not prevail against. Nothing's going to prevail against it, Jesus said. He goes on and, and he says um, in verse 19, he says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Friends, I, I've heard that verse misrepresented. I'm just gonna say that nicely as I can. Misrepresented. To, and some people think that, so, so what Jesus is saying here is, we, we kind of get to say what's going to happen. Friends, all that verse is saying is, is, is kind of a repetition, uh, a different way of saying the Lord's Prayer. God, will you bring what's up there down here? Will your perfect will come down here on earth? You, you, see, we, we can't loose anything that's not in the will of God. We can't bind up anything that's not in the will of God. What this is about, this is about a partnership opportunity. Jesus is saying, if you will partner with the power of God, with the kingdom of God, with the work that I'm doing to build my church, you're going to get to see some incredible things happen in my power, under my authority, is what Jesus was saying here. He goes on to say this. He strictly charged them, and this seems so odd in the context of this. He says, he strictly charged his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Why? I think verse 21 answers that. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed on the third day. Jesus knew that at that moment that his disciples did not fully have a clue of all that he had to do to build his church. And before he would send them out to begin confessing who he was... He wanted to make sure that they understood the fullness of what he had come to do, that he had come to sacrifice himself, to give his life as a ransom for the life of all mankind who would pursue him, who would follow after him. Jesus, Jesus came to do that. Now, this was the first time that the word church had been used in the New Testament as that word ecclesia. It wouldn't have been the first time the disciples ever heard that word. It was a, it was a common word, especially among the Greeks. Had, if, you, if you had been a Hebrew who could read Greek and you had uh, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, you would go to this and you would read when the Hebrew people were gathered to worship as the congregation. That was the word it got translated as, as ecclesia. So this wasn't a new word to them, but Jesus was talking about a completely new thing he was talking about his church that he was going to be building it would not be separated like the Hebrew congregation had been from so many people this would be a church that where Jews and Gentiles would worship together where peoples of different languages every tribe and tongue and nation would come and worship I love when our worship team leads us to worship the way we did today I, I just love hearing 
the praises of God being sung in different languages simultaneously. I think it's just a little tiny glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. Now, I know most of us think, you know, the heavenly language is English. Probably not so, folks. Probably, that's probably not the truth, Okay. Uh, there's going to be this incredible language, and Jesus said he was going to build his church. And here's the wonderful thing. Peter, who made that confession of Jesus, also later on in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, tells us that we get to be living stones in that building. That every follower of Jesus gets to be a living stone in the building of the church of Jesus. If we will allow ourselves to do that, we get to partner in, in, in that great work. That's incredible to me. It blows my mind that that's part of God's plan uh, for us. And that we are supposed to be so united in oneness as the people of God, as this great building of God because of our unity that the world will recognize that Jesus is who he said he was. And on this day, Jesus cast his vision to his followers. This vision of what his church would be like. And he commissioned his church. And he continues to commission and give vision to his building church movement in our day to his followers. Jesus said, I'm going to build a prevailing church. I'm going to build it. And nothing's going to be able to stand against it. And friends, I don't care what you see going on around the world today. There's not a greater work in our planet. There's just not a greater work on our planet than the work that Jesus is doing to build his church. And he continuously invites his people to be a part of that. And he has so graciously and generously invited us, this little place called River Bluff Church, He so graciously, continuously invites us to be a part of the work of building his church. Not building this church that meets at 5421, but his church, his global community. And we get to be a a, a great part of that. Now, some of you are aware that uh, not long ago, several years back, we got to uh, help support and be participants in the planting of a church over at our other campus. Some of you are saying, what other campus? We have another church uh, campus called Midland Park. It's a community center over there, a ministry center. And we have been graced by God to plant some churches out of that. Well, one of those most recent ones was Radiant Church. Uh, God blessed it. It outgrew that space, and they have moved to a new location. And what that's done is it's opened that, that space up again to plant another church. And God has been at work, I don't know for how long, I know for at least three years, um, that some specific things that have, have been planted in the hearts of, of some brothers and sisters about this. And God is doing something new uh, to plant a church back over in the Middle and Park community. And the name of that church is Gracia Ministries. And the leading church planter of that church is with us today, and his name is Jerry Zapata, and I'm going to ask Pastor Jerry if you would begin making your way up here, please, brother. Y'all welcome Jerry uh, to, to River Bluff. He was here in the first service. Jerry, some of you are saying, that name Zapata sounds familiar. Have a seat, brother. That name Zapata sounds familiar. Well, it does because his, his lovely daughter, Gabby, 
came onto our staff, I think a little over a year ago now, and uh, helps give leadership to our worship and to, uh, especially to our student ministry worship, and we're so grateful for the gift of your daughter. Thank you for blessing us with her, and uh, we know that the Lord did that. Um, it was interesting to me. Jerry and I have known each other for about four years, I think, three, four years, to, yeah. three to four years now, and um, the way that Gabby came to us was not through our relationship. I, it, it had nothing to do with our friendship, our connection. God completely did that a different pathway, and it was so surprising to me that he blessed us with... Very with special your, way. Yeah, that is the ways of God. We, we can't understand them. Um, I want you to meet Jerry. I want you to know a little bit about him, so I'm going to ask him to just share some things with you. Before Jerry landed in Charleston, uh, he had another life. Um, I understand that, I didn't ask you this in the first service, but I understand there was a time that you owned your own restaurants. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, that's oof, a long time ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one yeah. of the great things, we won't go into detail about it, he's a great cook. If you ever get a chance to eat some Jerry's a pot of cooking, you can't go wrong. I'll just... <laughs> I used to be in the restaurant industry. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, and God called you out of that. Yes. He did. And yes, praise the Lord. Yeah, and I, I don't think, know how, but he did it. <laughs> well, before landing in Charleston, you actually served um, at the North American Mission Board. Could you tell right. us a little bit about what that, and you were there for how long? Mobilizing churches to uh, okay. connect with other churches and plant churches. Okay. I'm always in the church planting, uh, I'm, I don't want to call it business, but kingdom <laughs> service. Right. Uh, so, yeah, with North American Mission Board, we used to work with the whole nation, connecting Hispanic churches with any other churches, and also reaching new church planters for those connections and start new works. Raising up. So you were literally traveling all over the North American yeah. continent helping yeah. plant Flying, churches. which I'm not really fond of it. Don't, don't like that. <laughs> Well, we're grateful that the Lord delivered you from that life. Praise the Lord for this hope. <laughs> and brought you to, uh, to our community, to Charleston. Yes. Now, that, yes. that took place, uh, you've been here now how long? Uh, five, six years. Five or six years. Maybe in, in this area. In the Charleston area. I'm coming from Simpsonville, where I spent 15 years, Greenville, and all my life in New Jersey, north. That's why you're going to hear some words like, what do you say? <laughs> well, the, we'll trust the Holy Spirit to translate. Right, for us. okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Now, um, after coming to uh, the Charleston area, you have been, uh, and even before that, while you were still in Simpsonville, you began working with the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Share a little bit about what that work is like, because you continue to, to serve in, in that capacity as well. Yeah, just working with them, my, my buddy, buddy Ramon Osorio, which is my boss over there in them. We was looking at South Carolina Baptist Convention Hispanic Church without leaders or without leadership for the last, I don't know, six, seven years. So we, we just sit on the table with everybody else in the convention looking for what we can do for the Hispanic churches. And so beautiful people like Jay, Cliff, and everybody else says we need a leader. Uh, so we need to be looking for a leader. So somebody says, well, we, we, we not really need to be looking for the leader. The leader is here. And so Ramon says, okay, I'll let you go. Go to South Carolina. That's your place. And as a matter of fact, when I was in Georgia working with Nam, I used to be a pastor in Greenville still. So it's kind of like calling to my 
home please. Right. So one of the things that I, I want to make sure you guys connect with is even though Jerry has worked as a specialist at helping plant churches, uh, specifically Hispanic churches and, right. and raising up Hispanic church planters, he has always been a pastor, yes. uh, pastoring a, a, a local church. And he has a pastor's heart, which is one of the reasons I love this man so much, is he's, he's not removed from uh, the life of pastors and planters. He is one. And I wanted you just to be captured for a moment about his vast experience, because he's had a lot of experience in planting churches um, and, and, and raising up uh, church planters. And now God has uh, brought him to the Charleston area and has formed a partnership uh, given us an opportunity to be a part of a, a church plant, a Hispanic church plant, that is going to meet at the Midland Park Midland campus Park. in the days ahead. And that church, so you, I, I'd encourage you to write this name down so you can start praying for this church by name, is Gracia Ministries. Um, so write that down, begin praying for that church by name in the days ahead, and Jerry Zapata and the team that is going to be formed there. One of the things that I want you to be captured by is the vision for what that plant will look like that God has given to Jerry. Uh, it's something that he shared with me three years ago, I think, uh, because we just sensed God wanted to work over there. We didn't know the details of it yet, but we knew that God wanted something there. And so will you just share a little bit about what the Lord has been doing and the, the vision he's given you for what that church plant will look like and, and how Jesus wants to build that church there. It's amazing. I, I'm going to share with you something that I did in the last uh, interview. Uh, when I first moved to Charleston, someone living close to Midland Park brought me there and says, you see this place over here? Midland Park. Right. This needs a Hispanic church. And for the last, this is something you don't know. I mean, I think I share with you this. For the last four years, we've been praying for Midland Park. Right. That's something that we need to mention today. Amen. Uh, because when I, when I walk to the geography of Midland Park, I find out that the bigger demography in that area are Hispanics. And I say, it's, no, it's not even one Hispanic church, healthy Hispanic church around here. I mean, our presence is not here. The SBC is not doing anything here. It took us four years, three years <laughs> yes. to be right at the place that we are. So we have a great opportunity not to start one more church uh, because in the beginning, everybody is expecting what the church planter will be doing. Uh, how many people you think you're going to have in your building in the next first uh, couple of years? And those questions, I'm trying to avoid it right now in our state because it's not how many people you think you're going to bring to the church. It's how much, how many extra miles you will be running with the Lord to make it happen. Mm. How open you are to suffer for the cause of the gospel. How much you love Jesus. Uh, we just read it right now with the Gospel of Matthew. Amen. And so this is a beautiful opportunity to start with the right way. Reaching the community, making friends, uh, opening hearts, su supplying what they need. They need ESL. We're going to work with ESL. Workshops for the marriages. 
connection with the first and second generation, whatever it needs. We're going to start uh, to see if we can connect with the uh, city hall in order to help with after school programs, which is something that we really need in that area. Uh, walking around the community and seeing the crime, for example. It's more than a church, it's transforming the community. And we have the time, we have the chance to do or make it happen this way because we're not in the rush. The way we got in Midland Park was not rushing at all. Only God moves us with the time, with the days. Everything was on God's time. Amen. And that's the way we're going to be working with. Amen. Now, years ago, um, we, we had the privilege of planting a Hispanic congregation at Midland Park. And then through some circumstances, God kind of relocated them out. And it left a bit of a void there for that community. And so uh, hearing, you know, this, this thing that the Lord has put on your heart, even when you first shown up in, right. in the Charleston area, is just a, a great joy to, to me and so many of us who have been praying for, God, what would this look like again for right. us to do ministry uh, in, in this way? And so I heard you say a couple of things that I just want to uh, highlight and I'm grateful for is the plan is to not go over there and start a Sunday service first. Right. The plan exactly. is to go over there and serve the community. I think it's healthy to say that we're going to be using this two months of 2021, 20, 20? No, 2021, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, to uh, love the building, first of all, the house of the Lord. Okay. Uh, pray together, pray together. Be, do presential over there with some folks working with me. Connecting and walking around, connecting with the school next door, which is something Amen. that I think is a great resource to use. And in, in January or February in 2022, uh, we will see the Lord moving around because that's his promise. He don't tell you, go and do what you need to do. He says, do what I want to do. Just follow me. Be mm. part of my team. Don't try to build your own team. It's not running your show. It's not Jerry's show. It's the Lord's soul. Amen. So we're going to be there, and eventually the church is going to burn. Amen. One of the things that I, I love about that vision, when you shared it with me for the very first time, it took me back to something that actually, when Pastor Kurt was lead pastor here, that we got exposed to as a church was uh, a resource called Experiencing God. Mm -hmm. And it was out of that uh, season of our church studying that together that we came to understand that our job is not to make plans and ask God to bless them, but that our job is to, to go to the Father to seek Him in prayer, as you were sharing, and then wait for Him to say, here's what I'm doing, here's your invitation, join me in what I'm doing. And right. then we get to see the blessing of God that way, which is a much better way to live. And so I was so grateful to hear that that's the way God has planted this vision in your heart for a church. I'm meeting a lot of great leaders in the state. And it's, this, is, this is my life. I'm not trying to, I do check for leaders, that's for sure. But normally it's the Lord telling me, Jerry, tomorrow I'm gonna send you to Columbia. And you will meet someone over there that I'm going to be using. That, I think that's the system, God's system. 
And that's how I feel. He's calling me to introduce me with people that I'm going to be working with. Amen. I hope it's going to be the same here. And, well, and that ties to just exactly what Kyler was talking about earlier. We don't have to strive. We don't, no. we don't have to get all worked up into frenzy over this. God is the one building his church. He's building his kingdom. And we, get to, we just get to be invited in. And that brings us such joy that we don't have to figure all this out. We just have to follow God. <laughs> my, I remember my pastor words years ago in New York. He told me, don't waste your power working for you. Keep Relax yourself and work for the Lord. He's going to use you. Don't worry. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, Jerry, I, I, I want us to think tangibly about how, first of all, we can be praying. I know that that is on your heart that this be birthed in prayer. And as you said a moment ago, that's going to be part of the foundation for the next several months before anything else happens is, is going over there. Because the building does, does need some love. I, I know that y'all are going to go over there and do some work there. And, and we can help. We can be, participate in in, uh, in kind of doing some sprucing up over there as well. Um, but t talk to me about how we can be praying for this work. What would you, what would you say to us? Pray, pray for this, pray for this, pray for this, so that our folks can be captured by that. Yeah, I think the DNA, the right DNA for the church is go and talk to any man, woman, and child where they live, play, and work. So salvation, mm. the magic word of salvation, salvation for that geography, salvation, Lord, Lord, please help us. There's a lot of people going uh, to lose their souls and we need, we need to be there. So please uh, let us see who is going to be saved. Okay. Uh, salvation, salvation. Lord, we need laborers. We need people to work with. We need people to make it happen. Lord, we need musicians. We need people to support the ESL, for example. We need teachers. We need people to support after school programs. We need great people who can have the heart to see the suffering of people when they have struggles in their marriage. So teachers, counselors, uh, we need laborers. Pray on a daily basis for salvation, for not only gracia, for anybody is going to be there uh, working for the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Now, one of the, the resources, tools that you have spoken with me about is something like Celebrate Recovery. You're not going to call it that, but basically the same kind of program um, because of the great need uh, that there's kind of a, a, a vacuum. There's, right. a, there's an empty place for that that needs to be filled in the Hispanic community. Yeah. And, um, there is a big wall between first and second generation with the Hispanics that we need to work with. Okay. Uh, we just see the ethnics far away, but when you get closer, you will see the reality of people in America. Uh, I think I'm trying to work with my community also in knowing the American culture. Don't step away. Get closer and learn. Let's do a different world together. Right. And one of the ways that I have in my heart for not only this purpose, this project, but for everybody else is what about SSL? Instead of BESL, SSL. I mean both. SSL, Spanish as a second language, which is the reality. Right. English is not the second language. Hispanic should be the second language in America. So we, we, we got a lot of work. We, we need to do a lot of stuff, and together we can make the difference and show to other American churches how to do it. That's another. And, and so as you're sharing those things, 
not only can we pray to support these things, but we can actually participate. We could, participate. We could partake, participate in things like ESL over at Midland ESL, Park. ESL. We could participate in after things, school. the after-school program, trying to get that up and running, ways that we, we can actually come over to that campus and, and share in ministry and, and kingdom building. I'm sure you have here many English teachers. There As are some teachers. As a matter of fact, Kyler yeah. is... Uh, a master in English, right? Congress, yes. <laughs> so that's a great help that we need. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, um, I, I want to kind of close our time together praying for you um, and, and your, your sweet, precious wife, uh, Verley. Uh, we want to pray for y'all, your, your family. We want to pray for Gracia Ministries and the work that God has already begun. Oh, just, just a, another quick story. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Hope Church. Hope Church is one of our uh, dear friend churches up, up the road. Um, uh, they meet in, uh, at the Fellowship of Oak Brook in their facility. Uh, but Pastor Rob Hibbard, they have been working in the Midland Park community for a while, doing some work in, in trying to help feed people as well. On, on a Saturday, they go into that community and have now partnered with Jerry and the work of Gracia Ministries, and they're going to come alongside and uh, kind of the relationships they've already built, kind of do a handoff so that that church can get established um, over there. And so we, God, God, is, God is at work. Uh, in this long before we are and so he's there already we here's the thing that I don't want us to begin thinking is that now we're showing up with the gospel the gospel's there because God's there he's been at work before we're going to arrive and uh, he's doing already doing great things he's just inviting us to participate inviting now. us a amen and it's going to be a great thing well let me let me take some moments and for us to pray together for for pastor Jerry Zapata um, his wife, Burley, uh, their, their home, and uh, the work of Gracia Ministries in the days ahead. Let's pray together. Amen. Father God, we, we just come. First of all, we want to we thank you. We want to praise your holy name for your goodness, your graciousness to us uh, here at River Bluff. God, you, you have been so, so good to us in days past, and we even see your goodness unfolding again for us, God, the way that you let us uh, participate in your work the way that you invite us to join you and so God we just we, we begin by giving thanks and then God we come making our request known to you I come father asking for your blessing on my brother Jerry God you have blessed his work and ministry uh, across our nation in, in other parts around the world in our state uh, and God now you've brought him here and planted him in Charleston and you you have given us the privilege the honor God of learning from him, of, of partnering and sharing in, in a, your great work of building your church uh, under his leadership. And I just want to thank you for that, God. It, it humbles me that you would, you would just extend yourself that way to us, Father. Thank you. I pray for Jerry and his wife, Burley. I just pray your, your hand of blessing on, on them. And, God, that they would be strengthened and encouraged in their spirit. Lord, you're using them in such mighty ways. I, I just continue to ask your blessing upon them. I especially, God, uh, the, the, the leadership influence that, uh, that Jerry has to uh, raise up new church planters, mm -hmm. to invest in them, to, to re reproduce his life in them. God, I, I, I'm just so grateful for that. I pray for even more. 
And I pray, Father, for Gracia Ministries at, at Midland Park. I pray, God, that the work that you have already begun and are inviting us into, we would see, God, it blossom into something beautiful that's in your heart and mind. I pray for these specific things that Jerry has asked, for partnership, God, with the elementary school, that you would, God, renew that once again to uh, a place of even greater strength than before. I pray for a partnership with a city, uh, God, to, to minister to children and families and after-school programs. I, I pray, God, for the work of ESL and SSLs, uh, God, that those would be tools of reaching people for your sake, for your kingdom, God. I pray, God, for this recovery ministry, Lord, that uh, is, is so desperately needed in this area. I just pray, God, for your hand to be upon each of those. Lord, as Jerry has asked, I partner with him in praying for, God, that you would raise up leaders, that you would send forth laborers into this great work, some from River Bluff, some from other places, God, who would come and be a part of this opportunity that you're giving us. And God, again, I, I pray for this church that you are building called Gracia Ministries at Midland Park. I just pray, God, that it will be a prevailing church, that we will get to see uh, this church prevail against, against all the difficulties and circumstances that Jerry has already outlined, uh, those things. I pray, Father, for us to get to see your kingdom uh, to come that way. And God, again, we just give you thanks for your goodness, for letting us partner together in this work. And we give you thanks now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all thank Jerry for being with us this morning. He's going to step away. And uh, I just want to uh, ask you guys to, um, to, to think with me as kind of we're closing today uh, about what Jesus is wanting to build when he says he's building his church. Because that has to get down to our lives individually. When Jesus says he's going to build his church, he's going to build a prevailing church, part of that prevailing church will have a place in your homes. Jesus wants to be, build prevailing families. Jesus wants to build prevailing marriages that, that honor him and are a reflection of what his church is to be like. Jesus wants to build prevailing lives. But we've got to answer that question that Jesus asked his followers that day. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? And when you get to that answer, when you get to that place, as many of you already have, that he is the Son of God. He is the promised Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. The next question is, is what difference is that making in my life today? Am I letting him build his church in me, his kingdom in me? Have I decided that I'm going to build my life upon that testimony, upon that confession, that he is the Christ, that he is the Son of God? Am I going to be a part of that building? Because we get to choose whether we partner with the invitations that God gives to us. And first and foremost, it's an invitation to be in relationship with him, a growing, intimate, personal relationship. And will you build your life on that? And I think that's that part of that question today that we've got to ask and answer. And so I just want to close us in prayer. And then I want us to worship the Lord by thinking about 
the answer to that question. Pray with me, if you would. Father, we come in Jesus' name right now giving thanks again, but also having to do the business of asking our own souls the question, who am I saying with my life, you are Jesus? Who am I really saying? Who am I declaring to the world with the way I'm living my life today that you are? Does my life display that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God? Does my life display that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords? Does my life display, God, the beauty of who you are? And where it doesn't, Lord, will I recommit today to build my life on you, to build my life on your love, to build my life at your invitation, Jesus, so that I can be a part of the church that you're building all around us, the church that you're building here at River Bluff, the church that you're building over at Midland Park, Gracia Ministries, the church that you're building in Charleston, so that I can be a part of that great work, greatest work on the planet. So Jesus, we come to this moment of decision again. Will we build our lives on you? My prayer right now for all of us in this room is that as we stand to worship him in song, and we declare this through song that it won't just be words but it will be a declaration of our decision to build with Jesus our lives upon his love Jesus we come to worship you now to answer your call it's in your name we pray